Hello and welcome to episode 28 of Unstoppable Marketing and Mindset with me, MG. In this episode, I interview the incredible Chrissy Safiotti and we talk about the importance of having the right people and the right operations and systems in place to grow and scale your business. This does not matter what point of business you're in, whether you're starting up or whether you have already scaled or you want to scale further or even scale down. What we're going to be talking about is how important it is to hire the right people to attract the right talent, but also have really well-defined processes, timelines, and systems in your business in order to be able to have a sustainable, long-term, successful business, which we all want, right? So tune in, and I can't wait for you to get the epic takeaways that I know are going to land from this episode. I am so excited to welcome Chrissy Safiotti to the show. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, I'm so excited. Thanks, Sam. Thank you for being here. And I would just like to get you to start by sharing with everyone that's listening a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yeah, so I'm Chrissy. I have been working in essentially people and operations for the past 13 years. And as of January, 2022, I launched a business that is ever evolving, but essentially we focus on supporting female small business owners with the people and operations. So not the sexy phone and marketing stuff that you are the guru of, but all of the back end of your business. And essentially my goal is to get as many women who want to grow and scale their businesses to do just that. So I want to support women who are the change makers, who are the drivers to truly step into their CEO roles by having the people and the processes sorted in their businesses. Do you know what? I actually think that is so sexy because without those things in place, without the people and operations in place to have the space to be creative and do your marketing and do the things you actually want to do, then it's not a very enjoyable ride in business without that. Am I right? Yeah. And that's what we were sort of talking about offline. It's, you know, the th- as soon as I, I come from a recruitment and operations background, so I actually love what I do. And I knew that when I stood up my own consulting or my own business, I would go into that space. But the first thing that I noticed when I really, really dug into that female small business community is that same reel that was happening over and over again. That was like, you know, I'm the marketing manager and I'm the finance manager and I'm sales and I'm operations. And I was like, who wants to do that? That's so overwhelming. And it, it just makes it makes me question why you would ever want to do that. Like, it doesn't sound like a fun time to me. And you really have only started your business, you know, in the last couple of years, 18 months, really. So can you share a little bit about your journey? Because you're early in the stages of business, you know, but you've already got to the point where you're hiring outside of yourself. You're not wearing all of the hats. And there's obviously people that will be listening going, oh yeah, but I'm new to business. I can't do that yet, right? Hmm. I need to do all the things. I need to wear all the hats. So how do you know when to do that? And how do you do that if you're not making enough money to hire people yet? So I I think with recruitment, and this will be so many things in business, but particularly with operations, with recruitment, I, the two biggest topics are time versus money, right? So if you are capable of working with clients and your high high ticket offering, and let's be honest, like my clients, I mostly work with their higher ticket offerings. So if you're time if you can get like a grand an hour for your time right you can afford so you can afford to hire someone to do the 50 dollars hour tasks yes like if your if your money is if your commodity if your courses if your time if your ticket sale is high you can't absolutely afford to do someone and what you can't afford to do is waste your 
thousand dollars an hour, five hundred dollars an hour, filling around on Canva, moving margins around, or reconciling your books. You know, and it's easy to get caught into those tasks. And I think it's super beneficial. I think everyone should stand on their own initially with support. I did business coaching from day one. I didn't want to feel alone. I'm. And I think it's great to have a holistic view of your business, but how long is that sustainable? And is it just going to hold you back instead of pushing you forwards? Yes. I love that question. How long is it sustainable? Mm. As women, we don't just wear all of the hats in our business. If we're wearing all of the hats in our business, we also wear all of the hats in our lives as well. Right. And you know, this we've just been saying, you've got kids that aren't even at school yet. Like, Oh, I guess from a, a personal perspective and you did ask that. So to answer that question personally, I'm a single mom. So I was actually in the midst of a marriage separation at the point where I started the business. And that was the driving force behind it. Cause I was like, I don't want 2021 and 22 to be plagued with the fact that my marriage broke down. Right. I wanted to drive my energy into something that would set me up. And I was watching these reels of these women doing it. And I was like, I don't value that. I don't believe in it. And it also goes so against my brand values of hiring team to support CEOs. So I hired probably uh, early, earlier than I could have done. And then we just split the tasks in the business. So I very much more so became consultative and the face of the business. And then I I had a team member who was doing a lot of the do with the clients. And that worked really, really well because I didn't, have um full-time hours to put behind it I had a baby <laughs> and I was completely the breadwinner and running the house so for me it was a real um personal journey of like how can I have this life that is going to work that didn't look like part of the plan and mm-hmm. it kept evolving and it kept changing I had amazing support around me and I I hope everyone listening to this has that female support network in business because it's powerful mm-hmm. but you kind of you get to make the rules right like there's no right or wrong way to do it I didn't I did not want to do it all. I didn't want to do all the client work and I couldn't do the best possible job. So I hired early. My hire was amazing. She's still with me Mm -hmm. and she loves her job and it's enabled me to have a job that I really love too. Yes. And how cool as well that, you know, at this point, you're also supporting women as clients, but supporting a woman by bringing her in and working with her so that you're giving a job. I I see this as kind of like Mm. creating a mini economy, right? You know, you get to work with people that you choose to work with. But on that note, I mean, I have in the past hired people that I've realized weren't the right fit. Yes. If you've never had to hire before, like obviously your role in your corporate career was hiring people. So you had an understanding of how to do that. If you've never done that before, where on earth do you start? So uh, there's a, there's a couple of things really, but I think one of the biggest things to really think about when you hire is it's not about you, the business and what you're hiring. It's about the other person in the relationship. It's about them. It's about the person you're going to hire and it's about attracting that person. If you make it about you, well, you will not attract the best talent. So you will fail and you will hire the wrong person, right? It's not about you. It's really interesting. So I see more so from small businesses and you see them, those posts flung up all the time and like like-minded bitches drinking wine and those Facebook yes. groups. But it's just like this list of like jobs and then this huge paragraph about the company. And I'm like, really, when you put yourself in the shoes of the job seeker, is that what you're interested in? It's mm. not. Like you want to know why it's awesome to work there, how it's going to fit in your life, what the hours are. It needs to really talk. It's it's a marketing tactic, right, in a job advert. So that's one element. It really needs to be about getting your head around to attract 
the right people into your business, you need an attractive proposition. Mm-hmm. You need to be attractive. To I remember attract- when you shared this, when you came into the biz revolution. So for anyone listening to this, if you're in the biz revolution, there's a, a replay of, of Chrissy's incredible session. Um, and you mentioned this and I thought that's the number one thing I did wrong. I was thinking about what I need rather than what the right person that I want to attract would really want coming yeah. into a role. And just that is a huge light bulb. Because if their if their values are aligned with your values, they're probably going to want to do the work as well. It, it's sort of flipping on its head. And then I would say the other thing that's really important is having a strategy. There is a reason recruitment is a whole industry in itself. There is a reason that there are whole talent departments in corporate because you need a strategy and you need a plan. And if you do it step by step, so if you're like, okay, I'm just going to write an advert and then I'm not going to plan the time out. I'm not going to think about how I'm going to interview them. It's just so stressful because recruitment is multi-layered it is a lot of steps and the steps are time consuming so I I recorded a podcast on this but they think like if you're a non-experienced recruiter it will take you about 40 hours from start to finish to hire someone but the issue with the 40 hours it's not in one block it's spread over weeks so you really need to think about the different elements in the hiring cycle I call it So from the point that you know that you need to hire, you need to write a job description, you need to design the role, you need to do all the work in terms of working out the money, the fair work piece, making sure that you're meeting all the legislation, that the back end of your systems are okay to bring someone on board. Then you've got to write your job advert. Then you've got to allow time to have the applications come in, to sit down, to review them, to screen them, to interview them, to offer them. And then you've got to bring them into your business and you've got to train them. And that's going to happen over a period of weeks and then you've got to do your day job yes. at the same time. So it's it's time consuming, but the more you strategize, the more you have a process and a system for this, and the more times you do it, the quicker it will take. That's why I have a business <laughs> because we have a proven formula and we can do it swiftly and we're also objective. Yes, absolutely. And if you are already trying to work in your day job, wearing all of the hats to then take on that additional workload can feel like a lot of work. So you've got to time it right or outsource to someone who can help to find the right person at the right time. Yeah. Or just it, you either, you either need to work towards having a process and a system to plan your time or in my opinion, outsource it. And there, there are different ways that you can do it. Sometimes it's absolutely the right thing for you to be doing the full hiring process on your own. But if you're trying to do that from scratch on your own, you're putting yourself under a lot of pressure. And the other thing that I think people forget is when you go out to market and recruit, that you are going to get a load of exposure to your business, your brand, that might be someone's very first interaction with you. And who has not been in the other position where they've applied for the job and no no one's got in touch with you. You spent all this time jumping through hoops, put your application through, and then you don't have a great experience and it leaves a really yucky taste in your mouth. You don't want, you do not want that for people interacting with your business. So that's why it pays to build a process and a system. Like, what are you going to do with the applications that don't make it? Like, how are you going to communicate that? How are you going to let people down after interview and feel comfortable with it? Because these are hard conversations to have. Like, if you're not used to talking to people about how much they earn and why they didn't get the job over someone else, it's not super comfortable. But again, if you've got a system and a process and you're prepared, it's much kinder to you as the person who's delivering that information and you need to be able to have those conversations right because if you don't you're not going to get off on the right foot and you don't have open communication with your new staff member and then it's all just going to fall apart and I know I've learned that the hard way myself because 
the first time I hired someone, I didn't understand how to be that person, you know, be the the quote unquote boss and have those conversations. And, you know, it led to miscommunication and led to, you know, not great leadership on my behalf. And I had to learn the hard way from that. But you know, you, you got to learn some way and hopefully not that way. <laughs> and it's such a valid point. You know, it's mm. it's the start of a relationship with one of the three, four people you interview, right? So mm. right from the point, right from the point where they see your job advert and they're notified the fact that there's a vacancy with you, that is the start of your relationship with that person that you've then got to manage for potentially years, you know, that you're going to have a relationship with that. I mean, God, my employee, hi, Sophia, if you listen to this, um, I adore her. She makes my life so much better. Like we have such an open relationship. I would not want to do business life without her and without the other people that have worked for me. It just won't be fun. I mean, far out, I think that's one of the things that's hardest about going into small business is that you don't have a team to start off with. You don't have people around with you. You're quite, you're quite lonely. Mm, right? yes. And then when you find someone who's like on board with your visions and values it is the best. Yes. How do you find, I mean, I guess you've mentioned the attraction marketing, but I think that's one of the hardest things when it's not their business. You think they're an employee of your business. So are they ever going to be as passionate about what you're doing as what you are? Like they can't be, right? They're not going to be as passionate as you, no. But what what are they passionate about? So I can tell you with Sophia, she is, she's pretty passionate. She flies the flag hard, but what she really, really wanted and what I tapped into from doing a lot of research on recruitment trends and recruitment values, you're essentially com- competing for talent, right? It's called the war on talent if you ever read anything about it. But what what can you, what is going to be your thing that makes you stand out in that competition, right? So as a small business owner, you're not like a big corporate where you've got all of these policies and bureaucracy and red tape that you've got to get through. You make the rules. And what I could give my employees, which lots of small business owners can give, is complete remote working, complete flexibility. Like she can work whenever she wants as long as the work's done and she's contactable, right? Yep. That is huge. There's companies out there that say they're flexible, but they're not. Like if you can give your employees flexibility, remote working, varied hours, they can work overseas. It's a no-brainer. It's a massive, massive tick, particularly in a post-pandemic environment. Yes. So to answer your question about them being passionate, they become passionate because they love working for you and you keep involving them and incorporating them in the journey. And it it's about your management style, essentially, isn't it? It's being collaborative. It's bringing them on the journey. And that starts right from the start of the recruitment process. Yeah. Like, why should they care? Yeah. The adverts, what I write for clients that do really well, Oh, and there's a little bit of storytelling in there. Mm-hmm. So I had a, a really good example of a client that we recruited, but they were a perfect business and they were a gift hamper business. And they had all of these beautiful COVID stories of like how they kept families together. The business, you know, was doing well before COVID, but boom, during COVID. And we wrote this really heart-centered advert and it really, really resonated with people. They were like, I feel that, like, I want to work for that sort of business. Because mm, it makes so, you feel good about yeah, what you're they're, doing. Not, they're not an entrepreneur. You don't want an entrepreneur working for you, right? Like, I, I think I see it fail a lot of the time where you get an entrepreneur who hires another entrepreneur who's starting out, who wants to work part-time. It mm. can work, but they turn over a bit quicker. Yep. But if you get someone where the driver is more so, like, flexibility and they're on board with the vision of your business, maybe mm. they're not going to be as passionate about what you're passionate about, but they're going to be passionate about working for you. Yes. Yeah. So finding out what someone's values are is super important and letting them know what the vision is. This is what I've been working on myself in team recently is talking about, you know, what the vision is, what the goals are and, you know, 
getting them excited about what that means, not just, not for me, but for them. And do they feel excited about that? And does that tap into their values? Because then they feel more excited about showing up to do the work as well. Yeah. And I think it's just not having the assumption that everyone's the same as you, right? Everyone's different. Maybe mm. brings bring different things to the table. I love working with the polar opposites of me. <laughs> you know, well, we kind of need to. People are the same as you. Yeah. Yes. We need to hire. And that's, so I want to ask you this question then, what are the biggest mistakes that people make when they hire people? And I would say that's one of them, right? Is where people go and hire someone that they think, oh yeah, they're, they're the same as me. They can do the things that I do. And then actually you need someone that's kind of your yin to your yang. Yeah, I think um, it's a, that's a really good question. It's the biggest mistakes people make. I would say there's a, probably a few things. I'd say one is that not having a process and not preparing. So just kind of, walk, I mean, and so many people do this with so many things in business, right? It's not having that strategy. It's just like, I'm going to pop an effort and I'm going to review responses and there's no timeline behind it. And then because you're time pressed, then the people start dropping out of the process you start chasing your tail, your communication goes really off and you get really flustered and the wheels come off essentially. So I'd probably say that's number one. Number two is probably the, the thing that we also had a bit of a chat about in when I came into your mastermind is that I feel like in early stages of business, we get really fixated on what a person's gonna be like and maybe more so the personality and their soft skills. Mm-hmm. Or we know someone who we think is fantastic and we kind of create a role for them. And I use the analogy of you, like I'm from the UK, right? I've got a Scouse accent, Liverpool Football Club. So Liverpool Football Club, like football club is a hundred plus year old football team. And they've always got a goalie, right? Mm-hmm. And everyone who is a goalie needs to be good at being a goalie. They need a specific set of skills. They probably need really long arms, to like knock balls out of the net. They need very serious training. They've been doing it for a number of years. You're not going to see like a striker go oh, the striker's great I'm going to show him in goalie because you need a goalie right? yes. so I think it's really really common that people see someone they know and think oh this person is fantastic and kind of create a role but then they're not building a structure for their business and they're not really filling the requirement that they need yes so when you're if you're really serious about growth and building a business and a structure you're creating a position and then you're putting a person into it because mm-hmm. What if that person has a baby and they need to leave? You need another person who can do that position. You should think of your position the same as that. That's why the soccer analogy is so brilliant because it's a team with set positions that you can move people in and out of over time. If you're building your business created on an individual and a personality. Mm. Then that individual personality could move on. Yes. And then you've got to create a whole new role for the next person. And then that takes even more time. Yeah. And if you do find someone fantastic, and you need to build that into your structure, then you need to do the work to build it into your structure. You need to get that IP off of them in case they leave. Yes. And so what we've talked about so far has been very much focused on hiring and people, but I also know that another element of what you do is help people with operations and the systems that they need to grow and scale their business. Because what you said before we hit record was that the two ways to grow are either with people or with operations or a combination of both. So Mm -hmm. can you speak into that for a moment? How is that an important piece of the puzzle when you want to grow your business? Yeah, 100%. So I, although I'm a massive advocate for hiring, this is how my business has evolved. So yes, you can scale a team with people, but you can also scale it with processes and systems and automations. And I think when you're in a business, and I can talk to this about my business, sometimes you're just too close when you're in the nitty gritty and you know that things need to be improved, but you can't understand exactly how that might be. So that might be your client journey, for example. 
your process may be too lengthy. And it's all about what we talked about before, right? If you're the CEO of your business and you want to consult and an hour of your time is a grand and you're sat pushing out manual contracts or you're sat um, sending individual emails to your client all the time, it's taking a step back holistically and then thinking, okay, with my client journey, what do all the steps look like? What do I want them to experience? And how do I build that out? And then thinking about it as a project, this is what the current situation is and processes and experiences, but I want to get it from A to B and then managing a project all of the steps of the way. I come from that background. So I come from that project people background. Your solution's either going to be you build out robust processes through systems, through tech. Mm -hmm. You need to create that. You need to do the work to write those manuals, to put those processes in, to write all the emails that go out in your automation. But you're essentially, it's always a project, right? It's getting you from as is to be and working out all the steps. Everyone knows that they should do these things in business, but it's super overwhelming that you've mm-hmm. got this list as long and you, you, you know that you want to have this like slick, slick client experience, for example. Um, and what I find is the more I go about my journey in hiring people into business, sometimes they've not done that pre-work and that might be a more cost-effective, longer-term solution to scale where you might not need a person, but you might just need an external pair of eyes to talk to you and, and show you the ropes of that and project manage it. Um, or you might need, you might build a process and a system and then you might actually need someone to manage it for you because you're, you are growing, you're at that point in your business. So your solutions for scale, it's usually a process and a system or it's a person. Yeah. Or a combination because you can't put the person in without a process to give them to work with. Otherwise you're just throwing them in the deep end and hoping that they, they don't sink. Well, and it's expensive as well, right? Because you've got, you're hiring someone, let's say, let's give the example that you're paying them as a casual on an hourly rate. If, the, if their part of their job is managing or pushing through a yucky system or process, you're maybe paying them for five hours when you could be paying them for one hour. Yeah. So I can give you that example in my business. I put in a very specific um, recruitment technology system that has a lot of automations and processes and templates that you can create. So it chopped down the time of my recruiter. Mm-hmm. So we can now take on more clients because a lot of the manual workarounds that we were doing because it was a super super young business we put that in and now she just gets to do more of the client-facing consultative work she's not twiddling about doing all the admin because we built those systems out with a specific technology the technology cost me like you know 120 dollars a month whereas if i was paying let's say for example someone 50 dollars an hour and it was taking them five hours to do these processes it's a no-brainer you need to do the work there's a lot of tech now that does a lot of those things. You know, I think the things that I'm using at the moment, um, Scribe How, which helps me to create processes, you just it just records the process as I'm doing it on my computer that I can then send to my assistant or even Decipher, uh, which I'm using for podcasts to help me write mm-hmm. the show notes, to take out the key quotes, you know, all that kind of thing. So it saves me a lot of time, but that also has to be a part of a process. So for my podcast, Decipher, even though Decipher itself is a process, it's part of a bigger process, the podcast process. And the podcast is part of the marketing process. And, you know, there's the repurposing process from the podcast and all of that. So having that really clear means that my assistant or anyone else who's working with me can pick it up and be like, okay, we've got the podcast. Now we know exactly what to do rather than me having to, you know, sit down and show her how to do it. There is a process there or rather than me having to do it. There is a process there. And the technology, as you sort of indicated, it, it does make our lives easier, but it's not, it's, it's very rarely like plug and play into your business, right? You, you, 
like I implemented Dubsado <laughs> and I, I needed a specialist to help me implement it but I probably I mean it was a massive learning that's why I'm so passionate about this element of, of grow advantage like I, I wish I'd really thought a bit more before I implemented it what I wanted it to do like mm. I was told by someone else yes what to do I really wish I, I I've gone to the end of it and I'm like breaking it and reworking it because it's not doing what I want it to do it's not actually making my life easier it's mm. I can see the benefit of it but I feel like I implemented that system the opposite way around I really should have thought about what I wanted the client journey to be like what I wanted my experience to be like in the back end and I think that's really the same with a lot of systems isn't it yeah, yeah a lot of systems we kind of get the recommendation from someone without looking through and going actually what do I need and what would that look like hmm. and checking that it's the right system because there are, there's so many that it can be overwhelmed. I've never used Dubsado, but obviously it's the same with like, you know, Kajabi and yes. all of those kinds of platforms. There's such a plethora of them out there that to take the time to look at them all and work out what you need can be a lot of, you know, hours. But at the same time, you could then spend an entire week setting it up and realize it's not what you need and you actually need something else. So it's more so looking at the problem and saying, okay, what is the problem and what solution do I want to get to? And then having a range of options. Um, and that's essentially the service that I'm working on at the moment. So it's, this is your problem. Here's a number of solutions and here's the price point and here's the different options to implement them. Just saving you all of that time. Well, because all of the comparative charts that you actually find on the internet are obviously created by the people that are selling them. So yeah. I was I was looking for comparative charts uh, recently on, you know, Kajabi, Kartra, all of the options. And every single time I found one, I was like, oh, yeah, okay, cool. So that one's better. Oh, wait, hold on. The website that it's on is their website. So of course, <laughs> they're going to frame it in a way that makes it better. So I think that's a, a brilliant service because it can just be so overwhelming trying to look through all of the possible options and then going, what one do I actually need? So I love that that's something that you're going to be offering as part of Grow Advantage. Yeah, really excited about it. And um, we've had a few trial runs as well, but then we can go and do the consultative work that goes with it, that yeah. project management piece, which is super fun. Yeah, yes. For me. So it's, <laughs> it's always fun when it's someone else's business, right? <laughs> well, that's, I find for me, one of the most important things is to find someone to do that operational work because mm -hmm. I'm, a, I'm a creative and so I have all of these ideas, but when it comes to the systems and the operations, that's not my forte. But as I mentioned earlier, when you said like, it's not, it's not the sexy work for me, I actually see that as super sexy because it, it gives the space for the things that you want to do. And that's, that is why it work because you're solving a problem, right? Like I love solving a problem. I don't love putting Ikea furniture together. That's a bit outside of my scope. That's a problem neither. I don't like to solve. We, I, neither of us like that. <laughs> yeah, But I do, I do like to see an evolution and I think mm. hiring operations is the ultimate of evolution you're going from one to two or two to a few or you're going from uh, you know messy processes to giving someone all of this time back like I just find that so incredibly satisfying yeah absolutely and I mean even though I don't find that particular part of it satisfying I get the satisfaction out of the outcome of that which but I think it's the you know I, I actually love talking talking to creatives and marketing people because they love all the parts of business that I don't love like you know I I I, I do all of the marketing pieces but it doesn't give me joy mm. I'm of course you know winning the clients and solving the problems does so it needs to be done and I understand the value of it but I haven't got a marketing degree right yeah, I've got 15 years of recruitment and, and operations, but you can't have one without the other because there's no point in marketing your service or your product if you've then got no time 
or expertise or processes to back you up. That's why it's so important. You know, it's the question of people don't know who I am and I've got not so many followers on Instagram or people aren't reading my Facebook ads. Well, what happens if they all do and they all come and try and use your service and then you're just one person and you can't help them and you're knocking them back? You know, it's about having the right support behind you to service more people if that's what you want. Mm. Or and I think most of us that's fine. do that's want fine. that, you know, but without the systems and the people behind us, we're limited. We've got that cap. Mm. Take that cap off and, you know, you've become more unlimited in what you're able to achieve. And it's women as well. Women are so different to men, right? It's the stories that we tell us. Like, I'm okay with, you know, I'm okay with working for myself. I just want this little business. It's like, really? Because mm. you have done so well you've solved a problem you found a service that helps people and are you really okay with playing small or is that just a story that you're telling yourself I think sometimes it's a fear you know the the fear of success I believe is actually quite real because it is that fear of oh what if I have too many and I can't handle it too many clients and I can't handle it or what will my circle of friends who like me playing small think Mm -hmm. of me when I go bigger and that you know, that's a whole, that's a whole mindset thing, which leads me to a question that I love to ask in this podcast around mindset for women who are running businesses. What is something that makes you feel unstoppable in business? Oh, that's such a good question. Oh, you know what? Like recruitment is the ultimate drug for me. So like for <laughs> someone's role, it's always been the same. Like I've done it for such a long time. So I started recruiting in 2010 but that matchmaking you know satisfaction you get like can you I don't know if this resonates with you but let's say you've got like two friends who are single and you set them up and they love each other you're like I did that it's so good it's feeling like I never ever will get sick of that high that I get of like finding someone who wants a job and someone who's got a vacancy and then making them come together and I'm happy and both of those people are happy and that makes me feel unstoppable it's like such a adrenaline rush it's mm. the same as solving someone's problem you know when they're like I I'm really overwhelmed and I, I want to get here and I can't and then you make a plan and they go yes that's exactly what I wanted I think I'm I really love trivia like I really like knowing the right answer it's that yeah. same that the like that that winning that competitive you're win. like the business growth cupid <laughs> yeah, it's like it's matchmaking it's <laughs> In my branding, <laughs> if you follow me on Instagram, there's a lot of like chess analogies, but it's that, mm. you know, it's that winning the game. It's that planning the moves. It's that's why that analogy always really resonated with me, yeah, right? It it's one yes. move at a time, but like you ultimately want to win the game of chess, right? You yes. just got to take steps to get there. And then it's having that strategy. It's having that process, but ultimately it's about winning and winning feels freaking great. <laughs> yes winning always feels good oh that's so good you can obviously tell you're in the the right business if that's what makes you feel unstoppable as the business growth matchmaker cupid (laughs) love it it might not be a matchmaking with a person but it might be matchmaking with an operation or a system or a process but you're you're making beautiful matches to help people grow their business I love that and it's also you're then helping women who've got all of these gifts all of this unbridled talent to make more impact but for them to have jobs that they actually really want to have that's the other result of finding them that person they're stepping away from doing all of the things and they're getting to do something that makes them really happy yeah so a beautiful ripple effect yeah and you're giving someone else a job it's just win-win right (laughs) win-win yeah I love it I love it so this is going to come out mid-October can you let everyone know a little bit about what's coming up for you in the rest of this year how they can get in contact with you any offers that you might have 
Yeah. So I would say the best thing is comment. I love a voice drop. Do you love a voice drop? Yes. Back and forth. It's my favorite. I'm um, so come and say hello on Instagram. So I'm at grow advantage or one word. Now it's a really October, November is a really interesting time for us. We are also growing. Um, and it's that evolution of the business moving just from the hiring piece to more of that holistic grow piece. So I will be doing a mini reskin I don't want to say rebrand rebrand sounds really scary to me a reskin I don't know I feel like reskin sounds scarier to me it's like you're pulling your skin off and give it (laughs) anyway refresh a refresh movie um but yes and I said there's three main ways to work with us so we have a DIY solution to hiring which you know all about M, the hiring playbook so that is basically my process that I use in my business to help future CEOs grow and scale through processes and systems. That's all in there. That's available from my Instagram. Um, And then we obviously, we do done for you hiring services. And then we are stepping more into that consultancy space. So that bit I talk to with Grow Advantage. So that's us. Um, But yeah, Instagram's really fun. Well, obviously on LinkedIn. And um, I will share website details with you also. Yeah. And I'll make sure there is links in the show notes to all of that as well. So thank you. Thank you so much for your time today, Chrissy. I really appreciate you coming and sharing. And I'd love for anyone who's listening to take a moment to share your biggest takeaway on Instagram, like do a little screen share of you listening to this and then tag both a higher advantage, growth, growth advantage and myself. And then we can share it and, you know, have a conversation with you about what your biggest takeaway is from this. So thanks Chrissy so much. Yay. So much fun. <laughs> Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. You can find all of Chrissy's links in the show notes. Please make sure you take the time to like and subscribe to the podcast. And I'd love you to stop, send me a DM and let me know what was your biggest takeaway from this episode today. I'll see you back here next week. Peace out. I'm MG.